0: Hey there, I'm Joe, and this is Looking Outside. Join me and some of the most influential and original thinkers in business and beyond as we explore fresh takes on familiar topics. Hey everyone, welcome back to Looking Outside. We are joined today by a best selling author and marketing guru, Mark Schaefer, in talking about influence building your personal brand, building your company's brands, by understanding how you advance through the advantages that are naturally afforded to you and how you create your own advantages. Welcome to the show, Mark.
1: Hi, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: It's an absolute honor. So I think you're very well known in the industry, but for those of you who are less familiar to Mark, Mark, please tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I'm basically a guy with a blog <laughs> uh, that got lucky, maybe. That's, that's the source of a lot of people's success, whether they admit it or not. I mean, I worked in the corporate world for about 25 years. I was leading marketing efforts for a Fortune 100 company at the time, and then um, started my own business. I started consulting, teaching, writing, writing. And this would have been around the real beginning of social media, where social media was really starting to become integrated as a mainstream marketing idea. And I found it endlessly fascinating. So I started uh, writing about that and speaking about that. And the writing led to offers to write books. So I've written nine books. I teach at Rutgers University, not too far from you in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. I consult to really a variety of different companies. I've worked with really big companies like Dell and Microsoft and Pfizer, but I've worked with a lot of startups and I even have the opportunity on my website to do personal coaching. So quite a bit of variety there. I also am a a keynote speaker, go all over the world when the world permits me to do that. And yeah, so that's a little bit about where I am today.
0: Amazing. So I think it's fair to say that you are incredibly influential inside of the industry What's one thing that you've really learned throughout that time as you've been building your career and you know writing things that influence people or speaking in a way that really impacts people? What's sort of one thing that's been an aha moment for you, I guess, throughout that, that journey?
1: Well, the trajectory of my career and and what I've written about since I've been uh, a writer, this would have been starting, oh, 14 years ago, I guess, is really thinking about how to stand out in the world. Standing out in the world was a lot different 14 years ago <laughs> than it is now. Mm-hmm. It's it's an evolving challenge. And so my writing has evolved a lot too. My first big book was called Return on Influence. It was the first book on influencer marketing. And this was back in 2012 when nobody was even using that term and I pointed out this idea that power was shifting dramatically in our world from the big brands, the big media companies, from the advertising agencies and the newspapers and television stations to us, to anybody who can create content like you're doing now through your podcast. And I thought that this shift in power, this shift in influence, was going to really change the way we do business. It was going to change marketing forever, and it was going to create this new opportunity for creators. And I was right. Within a couple of years, it became a mainstream marketing channel. It was really the dawn of the creator economy, which is just you know huge and everywhere right now. But that presented a new set of problems, which is, okay, everybody's doing it. (laughs) (laughs) So now how do we stand out? And this led me to a new series of books that that kind of go together in a way. The first was Content Code, which sort of explores this idea of creating content does not create power. The economic value of, of content that's not seen and shared is zero so we have to figure out a way to get our content seen and shared. Then I wrote a book called Known which has become as far as I know the best-selling book on on personal branding. The personal brand today is it's it's almost everything. It just creates so much power that if you're known and your competitors aren't then you're going to have the opportunities. You'll have the return phone calls. You'll have more doors opening to you. Even in a corporate environment, if you're known and your competitors aren't, you're going to get the meeting. You're going to get the sale. And even at a higher level, increasingly the personal brand is the company brand because we don't believe brands. We don't believe advertising. Even if we see the ads anymore, we don't believe them. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote Marketing Rebellion to talk about how the world of marketing is changing in unexpected ways. It was sort of an, a wake-up call for the industry. And then my latest book is Cumulative Advantage. And it gets right to the heart of this point. If you're doing your best work, if you're great, chances are you're still being buried. And I explore this idea of momentum. If you're kind of stuck at a certain level how do you transcend that using ideas that have been well researched over decades
0: and oh gosh there's so much in there that that you said that i love uh, you know i just want to go back to something that you said at the very start which is creating content is not creating power and you yourself have created a, a lot of content in like your teaching and your podcast marketing companion that's 247 episodes which is tremendous your nine books, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So how do (laughs) you thanks for paying attention? Yeah, sure. I, I can count some sometimes. How do you then turn the content or how do you I guess marry creating the content with generating influence? And how much of that generation of influence is about you using that personal momentum versus those external factors that help to propel you?
1: Well, I think it would get down to to three things. One would be, again, this idea of the personal brand. The branding is more important than ever. If you're known, if people have heard of you, then they will likely maybe open up your email when they wouldn't open up somebody else's. And this is really the heart of community, I think community is really the future of marketing. If we look at the landscape and think, well, people don't really see our ads anymore. They don't believe our ads anymore. If they think we're trying to manipulate them or coax them or cajole them or coupon our way into getting them to buy our stuff, they're going to run away. But the world is really hungry for community. And if you have a community, and again, it kind of, it usually starts with a person. It usually starts with a personal brand. That's why I I think it's interesting how all this fits together. You can't have a community without trust and you can't have trust without a person. Mm. It's hard to trust a logo or, or a big company. Sometimes you do. The third thing I think is something I learned quite recently. It's something I've been trying to articulate for a long time about, you know, everybody says you you have to be different. You know, you have to be bold and different in some way. And I don't think that's a powerful enough statement. It really has to be more than different. And I launched a personal branding class recently through a platform called Maven. And the founder of Maven is a woman named Wes Ko, and she's a very famous entrepreneur. And one of the things she taught in her onboarding class was this idea of creating a spiky point of view. I thought, aha, that's what I've been trying to say. So a spiky point of view, it's not controversial for the sake of being controversial, that's not sustainable, but it's something that's debatable. Mm-hmm. It's something that maybe isn't fully fleshed out or fully defined. Maybe it's based on real research and you're sort of taking your opinion to another level. It's something that will get someone's attention. So the spiky point of view, I think, is, is sort of the third element. And frankly, it's missing from almost Every bit of creator content I see today, it's a real problem that people, they don't have that courage, I think, to stand out. They're just repeating what everybody else is doing, maybe in their way. And that is just Mm -hmm. not going to work. Mm -hmm. It's so competitive out there. You've got to have this ability to have a spiky point of view. And I believe everybody can do that. Because everybody has their own story, their own heritage, their own experiences that they can bring to the party and tell something really different. And and when, when people do a guest post for my blog, I challenge them. I say, I want you to write something that only you can write. It's not five mistakes that people write on Twitter. Anybody could write that. Here's what only you could write. Mm -hmm. How Twitter saved my marriage or how Twitter saved my business. That is something I would read because that's a spiky point of view.
0: Yeah, I really like that. And I think that 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 also speaks to me because I'm thinking back to, you know, why did I create this show and this content that I'm generating? And to your point, like there are so many podcasts out there. There are a lot of business podcasts out there. And so I was trying to find the combination of, you know, what is it that's unique that I could bring to an audience? But I think also what you're mm-hmm. touching on there is my own personal story. So really thinking about what is it that is the unique skill that you have or the unique perspective that you have? And what is it that you're passionate about? What is it that gives you energy? So trying to balance those things is like the what the external world can gain from your unique content or your unique perspective, but also like bringing a little bit of yourself into it. How important do you think it is for people to sort of stop and really do that kind of assessment about themselves?
1: I think it's essential. I think you've really nailed it on the head. The one thing I would add to that is doing this assessment to think about what is your story, what are your interests, what is you know, What is your education and all the things that you can bring to bear to create something great for the world. Momentum is created when you apply all those ideas and skills and, and everything that you're assessing and you apply it to a change that's going on in the world. That creates something different. So you look at what's happening in the world and what are the the shifts in the status quo. When there's a big shift in the status quo, that creates a whole new set of customer needs or underserved customer needs at least. And that's where you can step in and do something unique and do something great. A lot of people don't think like that. Mm -hmm. When you create something and it serves a need in the world and people find you and they go, yeah, that's right. I'm so grateful someone is finally talking about this. That's where the magic happens today.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think on the audience side of things, when you can find those individuals who are pairing that You know uniqueness that they have with the, as you said it really well, the change that's happening in the world and that they're sort of helping to drive that change themselves. It's very inspirational and I love connecting with leaders like that, Mark. That's part of the reason why I reached out to you. But I wanted to ask you something that I think a lot of people struggle with, which is is something that actually Sumna, who's a, a CEO and founder of her own company who has this personal brand, she posted about this this week. She said, I'm really struggling with this personal brand thing. Like, I feel like it's very fabricated. Like I'm I'm almost second guessing everything that I write or that I post that it's not coming across as being genuine, like it's synthesized. Mm. So how do people get past that?
1: I love that because it's, I think it's considering the personal brand in a very human way. Mm. She's almost sort of answering her own question.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And this is one of the things that I, I don't struggle with it, but I think it annoys me in the world at large that people think that, oh, if I'm creating a personal brand, that I'm not, you know, it's it's something fake. There's a great writer and educator who I love, Adam Grant. He's a very famous author. Mm-hmm. And in December, he posted this this tweet and he also had it on Instagram and a bunch of other places saying that basically dismissing the idea of a personal brand. Saying, well, we need to be putting our energy into like real relationships. Now, this thing, I think it was like retweeted, I don't know, like 100,000 times. And it was liked like 200,000 times. Mm -hmm. And the irony is, he could only be saying this if he had a personal brand. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. He could only be selling books if he has a personal brand. He would only have a platform to be able to create these thoughts in a way that get 100,000 likes if he has a personal brand. I mean, it doesn't even make sense. He's, mm-hmm. he's got a whole PR team behind him <laughs> building his personal brand. And mm-hmm. it's like I said at the beginning. I mean, the more you think about it, the personal brand is everything. And I think this idea that your, your friend was expressing on LinkedIn, it, it's common. But the thing I love about her statement is that the way she's struggling with this, the way she's expressing it is itself authentic. Mm. And she's showing a, a side of herself that I think is very compelling. I mentioned this book I wrote, Marketing Rebellion, and there's a quote in there from someone who's been a great inspiration to me my entire career, Philip Collar. And Dr. Kotler says in this book, what's missing today in the world is a true human voice, friendly, accessible, even vulnerable. And what she's doing in this post is creating something vulnerable. Mm-hmm. She's really expressing her own power here by expressing, hey, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I'm kind of confused about this. And I I, I love what she's done It expresses this vulnerability that's automatically engaging. And so that sort of gets to my point about the spiky point of view is that if you're out there being friendly and accessible and even vulnerable, I hate to even say that it seems weird today, but having a real human voice that is spiky, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that does make you different. I really understand her, her issue and her struggle Because if you really are a real person with authenticity and vulnerability, you might struggle with, am I being authentic enough? Am I being vulnerable enough? Or am I manufacturing something?
0: Mm. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And I I do love that vulnerability, particularly then when you go into the comments and you see the conversation and her community of people who feel the same way. And it opens that conversation up. I think the other thing it does is the act of being vulnerable and the act of trying to stand out with a pointy point of view, it puts you on the line and it it almost is a risk that you're taking every time that you do that.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: People are, I think, now very scared to put that real human vulnerable part of themselves in the public eye because of fear of being, you know, destroyed for it. So how do you do that, Mark? How do you counter those feelings of potentially feel?
1: Well, I, th- I think there are two ways to go. Unfortunately, <laughs> a lot of people out there are saying there's only one way to go. <laughs> and, 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 but there really <laughs> are two ways to go. And what a lot of people are saying is you have to take a stand, that you're not going to make it in this world, whether you're a company or a personal brand unless you stand up for something and you take a stand. And if you leave other people behind, well, that's okay. Now, if that is what you want to be known for, if whatever stand you're taking, whether it's on religion or politics or or something that could be polarizing and controversial... If that's one, what you want to be known for, and the, the, the example that comes to mind right now is the American athlete Colin Kaepernick, who you know just made a decision that, you know, I'm going to take a stand on Black Lives Matter and a police brutality, and some people thought he was a traitor and some people thought he was a hero, but it was important enough for him that that became the brand. It really transcended his role as a football player. That became the brand. And so, okay, take a stand. That's what you need to do. Now, let me give you the the corollary to that. I recently did a coaching call with a fellow who runs a music store. And he decided that uh, he wanted to post his ideas about politics and wanted to show his devotion to a certain polarizing political figure and put it all over his store. And it ended up, he had protesters outside his store. Now, this is a guy selling musical instruments. Why is it important to <laughs> show your devotion to this polarizing political candidate? That's not really what musicians mm-hmm. want. That's what not what musicians expect. So he took a stand on something. And what I told him was, you know, he was blaming the world because he said, well, I'm being canceled. I said, you just made a bad business decision. You know, Mm -hmm. you you put your own personal (laughs) objectives ahead of your business interests. And you've got to live with that. If your personal views on politics is more important than your business, then you're going the way of Colin Kaepernick. And you've got to live with the consequences. But there's a second way to go. There's another way to go. And it's this. You can really serve your community in an uplifting way, in a unifying way. And that's really the perspective that I take. I think that's my role in the world as a a teacher. As a teacher, number one, you've got to make people feel comfortable if you start setting up these walls and barriers where people don't want to learn from you anymore then you're a failure it's sort of the same way with music music is a unifying force it's a uniting force it's something everybody can get he's missing an opportunity to bring people together in a loving way in a nurturing way in a supportive way because Mm -hmm. it's more important for him to put his politics first and look I'm not gonna judge him for that. If that's the most important thing in the world and he puts his own business interests second, okay. It's a free world, he can do that. But he's making a bad business decision and he's missing an opportunity to do it a different way and a better way by taking a stand on something that's universal and uniting and nurturing.
0: And so much of that comes down to to your point, the messaging, how you pose it and what language you're using, how you unite versus divide. And I think there's this mantra at the moment of if you stand for something, you stand against something else. Yeah. So it's very easy to fall into that trap of divisiveness. Your example there also, because I feel like there are a lot of conversations, obviously, at the moment inside of business of how much are we humanizing brands and humanizing businesses? Like they're a person with their own beliefs and therefore we communicate that. And in the end, we almost create a niche for our audience. Like we're only targeting these people that agree with us. So that's a very, obviously a very hot topic at the moment.
1: I'll give you an example of how I activate this in my own life, in my own world. Mm. So I've created a community now on Discord. And actually I would invite Anybody who's listening and who wants to join, just send me an email and I'll give you instructions on what you need to do. But, you know, Discord, it's a popular social media channel, mostly with, it started with gamers, but it's becoming more popular around Web3 communities. And I've created this community. If you want to learn about these new ideas in marketing, Web3, creator economies, metaverse, let's do this in a safe place. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of fear about communities on Discord because they can become so toxic. And in my community, I have a set of rules. The first thing you do when you join this community is see these rules. It says, this is a safe place. This is going to be courteous. You shouldn't say anything in this room that you wouldn't say to your mother. And I'm going to have zero tolerance for anything that's toxic or disrespectful. And I had an example where I felt someone was being disrespectful and I just nipped into the bud and I deleted the comment and I wrote him and I explained, I'm not gonna tolerate this, these are the rules. And that's one of the reasons why I think the community is being successful because it's like an oasis in this world that can be toxic and disrespectful. Here's a place where we're treating each other with respect and we're going to, you know, it's going to lead to friendships. It's going to lead to bonds. It's already happening. People are getting new business opportunities and speaking opportunities and writing opportunities because they're meeting people in this, in this group that is nurturing and respectful. And it's building this trust where these are people that we want to, you know, we want to work with.
0: Mm. And trust, I think when going back to what you said earlier, when it comes from an individual, it comes from a person and a human being like yourself with you know positive intention behind it, the trust comes, I think, more naturally. When companies are trying to gain trust or to come across as trustful, it's almost automatically viewed with a, an air of skepticism.
1: I think it's massively more difficult for businesses to to earn trust today, because how did these companies earn trust? Through, basically through advertising. It's really difficult because we're seeing a lot less of those ads just because we're in a streaming economy. We're spending more on Netflix and Disney Plus and Amazon Prime so that we don't have to see these ads so our advertising consumption as human beings is way down i mean it's probably we probably see 95% fewer ads than we did 5 years ago i think the pandemic sort of accelerated that there's a lot of research out there that says it points to how how ineffective digital advertising is i saw a, a statistic that I'm actually studying right now that shows about 90% 90 of the money being spent on digital advertising is wasted. The clicks are almost just like mistakes. So that leaves us with this idea of the personal brand and community and how it's just going to be a lot, really, really challenging for a lot of these big brands to stay relevant and stay connected without having a human face to what's going on. An extreme example of this is, is Elon Musk. He's not a perfect human being by any stretch of the imagination, but he's real. He's authentic. And for many people, he's the icon of the greatest entrepreneur of our generation. Now, when Mercedes-Benz sells a car, they spend on average $945 on advertising. Tesla spends zero. They have no advertising budget because Mm. they've got Elon Musk. They've got the personal brand. That's all they need. So increasingly, that trust is coming from a person, not a jingle or polar bears. So I think in this environment, small to medium-sized businesses are going to have an advantage Because they already are, the people who founded those companies, already are the face of the brand.
0: Mm. And the other thing with Tesla is, to your point earlier, they have leveraged the change in the world inside of their brand. Mm -hmm. The momentum of the movement towards more sustainable products and environmental health. They're using a lot of that momentum, but they're also very consistent In also, you know, even thinking about leveraging progress, innovation, being unique and distinct, like all of that comes through in the design of the car, the functionality of the cars, even SpaceX branding arguably has a halo effect on Tesla's branding. So it, it really, it's a great example. I think it speaks to a lot of what you were saying so what about uh, then, I'm just thinking on the flip side of that failure because uh, SpaceX, when I said that, it automatically took me to their starting point where they had all those rockets sort of crashing and not working effectively. So how do people use moments in their life when they haven't done so well or you know, potentially they they are really sort of shot through the heart of confidence and sort of using that as opposed to being brought down by that? to rebuild their personal brand?
1: Building a personal brand does not happen overnight. It's not easy and it's not fast. And I'm not sure you really know you're making mistakes, especially in the beginning. So whenever, what I what I teach in my class, when I, in the personal branding masterclass, I set the stage in an expectation that this is an 18 month project. So whatever you're doing, whatever your experiment is with content, don't give up for 18 months. Commit to creating something every week for 18 months and don't stop and don't give up. Now, it, it still may be true that at the end of 18 months, you're not going to be having a lot of engagement. You're not going to be making a lot of money because it's it, It's slow. It's a slow path to success, but watch for signs that it's working. Are people asking you to be on a podcast? Are they asking you a question? Are they maybe sharing your content? Did someone listen to one of your shows or read a blog post or watch a video and think, oh, you know, did they reach out to you and compliment you, those are all signs that it's working. As long as you get these little signs of encouragement, don't give up because it's not a hockey stick. It's not a rocket ship. It goes up a little bit week by week and month by month in my class as a proxy for how well am I known? You know, how do you measure that? I don't know. But the proxy I use is subscribers to my blog. If the subscribers to my blog are going up, that shows that more and more people are paying attention to me. And if more and more people are paying attention to me, then I'm going to have more opportunities. I'm going to be known. I'll get to come on great podcasts like yours someday. Now, (laughs) if you look at that line, of subscribers to my blog. It is just a line that's slow and steady up. There is no spike, there is no hockey stick. Week by week and month by month, I do a little bit better. But the point is, you can't give up. I think after 18 months, if you don't see any progress, then that might be an indication that maybe you've made a mistake. Maybe you've gone down the wrong path or maybe you're saying the wrong things. You're not connecting to the world in a meaningful new way. And maybe it's time to reassess, to pivot, or maybe stop and go in a different Mm. direction.
0: You talk about this in the book a little bit about growth. And obviously for a small company or a brand, financial growth is really important. But growth from the aspect of your Building people up, you're giving them new skills, and I think you do a lot of that. You because you're a teacher. At some
1: point, a higher purpose takes over. That you're doing this because you know you're making an impact on the world, and that's what keeps you you going. I mean, I went a period of 650 weeks in a row of blogging without missing, through every up and down, through every sickness and vacation, and then. I got to a point where I got COVID really bad and I thought, you know, I just need to take a break. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I've had a podcast, as you mentioned, for for 10 years. We're in our 10th year. I've never missed an episode. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the beginning, it was for a goal, but now it's kind of become existential. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. I have people tell me every week that I have changed their life or I have helped their business. And that's better than money. Why would I ever stop when I get that feedback from people?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, it's incredible not only how you're showing people how to make an impact on the world and how to influence and be influential in a more human way, but I think it's really powerful that you're almost revealing the the skill behind the magic and being a teacher to a lot of people. I think that we need more teachers who are sharing that knowledge openly. So thank you for everything that you do and for coming on the podcast, Mark. I have one last question for you for the show, which is something that I ask everyone. And it's what you do in pushing yourself to look outside and broaden your perspective. What's your go-to?
1: Well, I'm sort of a look outside junkie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because I... I live in the world of what's next. Mm. I live in the world of being relevant in this fast-changing world. And I would say the thing that brings me the most value is really finding a few sources, let's say three to five. They could be bloggers, it could be a podcast, it could be a newsletter of some kind, but three to five sources that are going to inspire you every week. You're gonna have something in your in your inbox every week to say, oh, I need to pay attention to what this person is saying or the news that they're bringing me this week because that's gonna challenge me. And that's going to force me to, to think in a new way because of the important outside perspectives that they bring. That's sort of, I think, the main thing that inspires me every week.
0: Mm. I love that, that Mark is a look outside junkie. I think that's, that's a perfect tagline for my show, actually. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on the show, Mark.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, you did a very great job. And it, it means always means a lot to me when someone is so well prepared with so many great questions. So thanks for the work that you put into this show.
0: So many great nuggets of wisdom there from Mark on how to influence others and understand what influences you. If you enjoyed this chat, please follow and share the show. I'll see you next time. Until then, keep looking outside.